kruria kia ihua o ngā mano. Te matua, tamawairua tapu me ngā anahira puno. Te māngai, tautoko nei, aia nei, aki nei, ai. Blessings of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, faithful angels and the divine mouthpiece. Amen. Inga mana, inga reo, inga kārangaranga maha o te motu nau mai hara mai, hoki mai anō ki te whare tāpere nei a Te Ahikā. Welcome back to Te Ahikā, bringing you Māori stories throughout the motu here on Radio New Zealand National. We hope that you're all well and rested after the summer holidays. Now, Mariah is out and about, but she'll be back next week. Coming up in the show... In light of this week's Ratana celebrations, our archival segment, Nga Taonga Kōrero, is from 1968, when former Radio New Zealand broadcaster Ted Nipia profiles Tahupotiki Wiremu Ratana in the Ratana movement. Suddenly, Wiremu Ratana saw a cloud moving towards him from the sea. The cloud continued on his way until he remained over the house where he stood. The consciousness of a presence at the same time came upon the man as he felt the hand of God. The incident has been regarded by Ratana historians as the coming of the Maramatanga, or light to the prophet. From 1968 to 2012, and this week, summer definitely arrived at Ratana Pa, where we join the sun, music, dignitaries, stall holders, and many kākahu, or clothes, worn to represent different regions in Aotearoa. Plus, we'll hear from Ned Ihaka in Apotororehita, or registered apostle of the Ratana faith. The next one, as you go around clockwise, is the sun. The next one after that is the Holy Spirit. The next one after that is the is the uh, angels, faithful angels, and the next one after that is the mangai, um, the mangai, the divine mouthpiece, which is um, That's what's coming up in today's show, the first show of 2012. I'm Justine Murray, and this is Tiahika on Radio New Zealand National. Last year, in early October, the Rena ship became stranded on Tetoka Otaiti, or Astrolab Reef, leading to a few shipping containers loose in the ocean, huge amounts of oil washing up on shore, and a community pulling together in relief efforts. Three months later, in early January, the Rena split apart, shedding more containers and concentrating efforts to recover these, and not to forget swelling volunteer numbers to cope with the new oil cleanups on Matakana Island and at the local beaches. One of the worst affected areas remains Temotere or Motiti, where Nawiki Dixon, who is working to coordinate the efforts on the island, gives us a snapshot of the reality that the Fano there are living with. Kia ora, Nawiki. Kia ora. Kia ora. First of all, Nawiki, paint us a picture. How is the island? Um, environmentally looking at the moment? Ooh, environmentally, um, 
Well, the whanau sort of, there's a lot of rubbish to clean um, and there was a bit of oil still, you know, weathered on the locks. Um, we've got testing getting done at the moment, but yeah, I think we have a rahui on at the island so that, you know, the whanau don't go in and collect kaimoana just till we know how it is over there. Yeah. And um, in early January, the rena collapsed. Um, things were already quite bad for the motere, um when it was stranded. How have things um, progressed at the island? Have they gone? Are they have they worsened? They're working. They're working every day over there. Um, when the collapse happened, well, unfortunately for other areas, but lucky for us, all the debris went up the coast towards Waihe and Matakana. Matakana got well, pretty much hit really bad because you know they've got a long coastline in Waihe Beach. We just had little. Uh, little bits of debris that was coming over, a few containers, but they were being um, rounded up by nets by the salvaging crews before they come to the island. But, yeah, we still got lots of rubbish over there. So this week, according to some reports, there were um, tonnes, literally tonnes of rubbish being uh, heli-lifted or helicopter-lifted uh, from the island. Can, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, each... St- each day around low tide, sometimes twice a day, the whānau go out and they just pick up the rubbish and they lift them, um, you know, chuck them into these one-ton bags and they leave them down the beach and for Braemar to come over and collect them. So the other day I, I rang them up and said we had a lot of bags there. Some of them had been sitting there for a few weeks and, you know, I was pretty much over it by then. Rang them up. They sent a chopper over and because our beaches are quite um, rocky and inaccessible, down cliffs and everything... They use helicopters, pick them up, put them on a barge that's sea-based, and, yeah, clean the island. I think they, that day they took 44 bags off. There's, like, 44 tonne of rubbish. The whanau, our little whanau's been collecting. And then that was last week, and this week I've all, I'm arranging to get another heli lift for... Well, I want it tomorrow, but they're looking yeah. at next week. Yeah. Um, at this stage, I think there's another 30 bags to be lifted already. So, yeah. Now, um, Daily. yeah, I understand that um, you know some of the volunteers um, were based at the island. Maybe st- were they staying at the Marae to help with the relief efforts? Is that still the case? Um, yeah, at the start with the oil response, you know, it was just whānau that was going over there, which was quite a lot of them. Mm. And then a lot of them had to come back for work and family commitments. So we started sending public volunteers over on, you know, on the proviso that they stay there for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, Maritime supported us with that by, you know, supplying resources and paying for the planes. Since then, the oil's pretty much died down a bit, and it's just mainly container rubbish, and I'm just getting the whānau to clean those. And we've actually managed to get... There's a contract here between Ngāti Nui and Braemar House where um, our whānau can actually contract themselves to Nui to get paid to clean up that rubbish. So, mm. which is, you know, it's a bit of a bonus. They'd clean it up anyway, but now I can get some of them, get some putia for some of them and, yeah. Ka pai. Um, how's, the, how's the morale of the of the, the mōtiti whānau who have to put up with it every day? How, how are the whānau doing over there? Uh, the fun are pretty over it. Over it, eh? Frustrated, yeah. You know, they they just want it gone, and they're um, yeah, they're they're quite tender at the moment. Let's put it that way. They just yeah, they're over it. The the whanos that are cleaned down the beach is cleaning. They just it's like a daily routine for them now, you know, and it's it's something that 
no one would be used to. But something mm. that they have to do, they just want the island clean and our older Pakiki, they just you know, they just sitting there wanting the island clean and everyone's just getting angry and frustrated but we still gotta keep keep to the co up of cleaning our beaches. Aye. Our younger kids. So Nawiki, uh, in the in the start uh, when the arena became stranded, I know that there were different initiatives happening to get um, to donate kai to the island residents and to ensure that they were coping okay, um, you know, water wise. Is that still happening? Um, not so much now. We did we got so much koha yeah. right at the start, right? Um, and we had a lot of food koha to us, and like I said, Maritime supplied a lot of resources for for that initial cleaning. But now that the oil response is pretty much dying down over there, it's more container response, and um, it's two it's like two separate entities. It's right. not like a container or oil. These over here on the mainland they separate, but over there on the island, our whanau don't see any difference. It's all paru to them, and they just want it all taken care of, got rid of. So at this stage, because um, there's no oil, our resourcing for maritime is a bit limited now, so we're actually starting to tap into the kohas that we were receiving right at the start. Mm. We have a few whanau that stay over at the marae, and and the marae still is the base of operations, so we send food over there each week for our whanau from, from that koha account. And you know, other like diesel and stuff. Oh, actually, now nah, Maritime still supply diesel because they've got a camera over there and they need the generator to run it. So. Oh, right. So we're saying, well, hang on, send us the diesel, run the generator. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Wiki, you're part of the Motiti uh, Iwi Liaison team. Um, you know, you've um, been busy of late, I would imagine. Mm, and, so, and so you work closely with your sister, Betty Dixon? And, my sister Betty yeah. and my cousin Sharon McLeod, we pretty much base ourselves in the ICC centre. And then another cousin, Sharon Kingy, she's moved into the recovery phase of the operations, you know, the long-term recovery plan and all that. Let's be optimistic about this this, this raru happening back in Tauranga Moana, you know, the, the, the environmental impacts that the collapse is happening with the washing up of the containers. Can you foresee um, an outcome in the near future, you know, getting clean, this problem being over? I think it'll take a while. Mm. My personal whakaaro is it'll take a while, but, um, like, I'm at an iwi forum now where they launch the been a recovery long-term plan and they've got some really good people in place to, you know, to carry on the tucky of cleaning our beaches and it's, it's quite good actually. Like I say, it'll take a while and we, we actually all work together quite well up here in Tarangamana. You know, all the whanau from Waihi, Pirirake, everywhere, we're all just working together for that common cause, clean our beaches. In light of this week's celebrations at Ratana, our archival treasure today is from 1968, when former Radio New Zealand broadcaster Ted Nepier profiled Tahupotiki Wiremu Ratana and his following, known as the Ratana Movement. Oh. 
maina kuria fare ki tikirau ko tahi te tamaiti ki te pute i roto i te onotau nui te pāwerawera ki te kore e rua te kauma onotau ka puta ki te hauāru māna e whakakotahi ngai ui Māori ki te whakapono te vetu te mālama from Katikati to Cape Runaway, that is, from one limit of the Matatua district to the other, there will be one child. If he arrives within six years, there will be great tribulation. If his advent does not take place in that time, in 26 years, he will arise from the West and unite the Māori people. Such was the prophecy of the Kōtirikirangi, who had spoken of a star which would herald the rising of the next great leader who would set upright the capsized canoe of the Māori. And the arrival of Tahupotiki Wiremuratana with his great healing powers and potential ability to unite the race made many a Māori leader point to him as the chosen one. The Ratana movement, which celebrated its 50th anniversary recently, began in the Whanganui and Taranaki districts in the year 1918. The place, as well as the circumstances of its origin, are important. Taranaki, owing to close Pākehā settlement, had become a centre of Māori-Pākehā friction. Vacillating government policy over settlement of land confiscation, largely determined by the land hunger among local colonists, was destined to lead to conflict. The reaction in Taranaki, as in Waikato, was for Māori leaders to attempt a rebuilding of their own society. They broke from the Pākehā and sought refuge within organisations which they devised themselves. Among the functions of the prophets who foretold the future salvation of the Māori people from the bondage of the European were those of healing and miraculous performances. This brief historical background throws a great deal of light upon the nature of the Ratana movement. For Wiremu Tahupotiki Ratana, its founder, stands in the tradition of the great prophets of the Māori people. His movement began first of all as a faith-healing mission. On a November morning over 50 years ago, Wiremu Tahupotiki Ratana, a devout Wesleyan, stood deep in thought on the veranda of his house at his farm in the Whanganui district. His son was in hospital with a needle embedded in his leg, and the fond father, as was his custom, had taken the matter to prayer. Suddenly, Wiremuratana saw a cloud moving towards him from the sea. The cloud continued on his way until he remained over the house where he stood. The consciousness of a presence at the same time came upon the man as he felt the hand of God. 
the incident has been regarded by Ratana historians as the coming of the Maramatanga, or light to the prophet, and is commemorated annually with festivals of services. As a result of that event, Ratana's son was healed and the prophet was launched on a faith healing mission that brought thousands of people to the pa. Tahuna, Maori, Burn and destroy all your earthly gods. Have faith only in the Christian God. And so preached Ratana to thousands of his fellow men to destroy the false pagan gods. Demands for Ratana by thousands of depressed Maoris who had already suffered from the land laws of the previous century had reached phenomenal proportions. He saw the needs of his people and gave them the confidence in which the missionaries and orthodox churches had failed to do. Using symbols with great intuitive understanding, he released the morehu, which is the term he gave to his followers, from confusion, fear and anxiety. He gave them a comprehensible form of the Christian faith. One of the many thousands he cured was a Maori University graduate who, as an officer, had been injured in World War I. In a half-hearted manner, he approached Ratana. What is your name? he asked me. I told him. What is your trouble? he then questioned. I explained how my hip had been injured and that I was unable to sleep on my left side because of it. As I told him, Ratana looked at me with those piercing eyes which are his one distinctive feature. They are dark, penetrating eyes which seem to have caught the spiritual penetration of which his mind is capable. Do you believe in God? he asked me. I said, yes. Do you believe that there is only one God and that the old many gods of the Maori people are false? Do you believe that if your faith is strong enough you will be cured? I answered him and then he said, well, believe and have faith and by tonight your trouble will end. Without gesture or sign he told me this and then I walked away feeling in one way disappointed. I had expected an atmosphere of mysticism and there was none. I expected a deeply impressive talk and there was none. He was the most normal, unassuming, quiet person you could imagine and there was nothing dramatic or impressive about him. That night I went to bed as usual and was surprised to find that I could lie on my left side without any pain, and I have lain on it ever since. Ratana, during this period, assumed the title of Mangai, the mouthpiece of God. He had rallied many thousands of Maoris into a united society. He was the man whom the people needed. Ratana was the one who fulfilled the words of the prophets of Maoridom and was fully aware of the needs of the Morehu because he arose from amongst them. A writer of the early twenties described him as an astute man endowed with great spiritual insight, but he was not a rabble-rouser or a demagogue. 
Rather, he was the instrument of social change, an eventful man who had given hope to a hitherto depressed people. He gave them confidence when they were entering upon a vast renaissance of the spirit and a new era of successful living. This was a contribution in the New Zealand nation of the future. One of the foundation members of the Ratana movement was the late Sir Edwera Tirikatene. His daughter, Mrs. Fetu Tirikatene Sullivan, MP for Southern Māori, recalls the family's early associations with the Ratana church. My family's involvement with the Ratana movement in fact began as far back as December 1918. My mother, of course, is partly from Hawke's Bay, from Wairua, and her brother was at the time staying, staying in Hastings with a family, the elder of whom was named Pairikiriki. They had heard of uh, Ratana's ability to, or Ratana's inspired curing, and Pairikiriki had in his household a blind woman so my uncle Rangi Solomon, as a young boy, came down with Pairikiriki and brought the blind woman to Ratanapa. Uh, my uncle saw b before his eyes this blind woman regain sight in the presence of T.W. Ratana, and this convinced him uh, that this man had been divinely inspired. In 1921, T.W. Ratana made his first South Island tour it was at Rapaki where my parents joined the Ratana movement. The Ratana movement for the past 30 years has also taken a lead in Maori politics, closely allied as it is to the Labour Party. The present Maori members of parliament belong to the Ratana faith. Here again is Mrs. Fetu Tirikatane Sullivan to paint a word picture of the emergence of the Ratana members of parliament. One of the commonest misunderstandings is the fact, is the fallacy that T.W. Ratana in fact proclaimed a dynasty when he created these four, these four quarter. This is not so. He referred only to the first four members to enter the House of Parliament who would, if they were effective, achieve the basic requirements that he felt Maridam sought. There was no suggestion that people following these first four, H.T. Uh, Ratana, E.T. Tirikatane, Tiaki Omana and P.K. Paikea would ever assume the same significance. Radio New Zealand broadcaster Ted Nepia with a profile of Tahu Potiki Widimu Ratana and the Ratana faith recorded in 1968. And in that last segment, we heard from the late Fitsu Tirikatini Sullivan. Fast forward to 2012, and under the hot summer sun, I headed to this year's Ratana birthday celebrations, where Labour MP Reno Tirikatini explained how the festivities were a big part of his own childhood and whānau. We're celebrating the birthday of Tahu Portiki Wiremu Ratana, uh, but but for me, it's sort of like a very important day in the in the Ratana Moruhu calendar. And uh, yeah, so it's just great to be here with all our fellow Moruhu, uh, just to pay honour to to such a great leader who, who left a really big impact for a humble man, uh, left an enormous impact on our country and for Māoridom. How relevant still is Ratana in terms of its political 
wielding. <laughs> oh, it is it is still relevant, I guess. Uh, in a modern context, though, we've, we're in an MMP environment, and you know the. Uh, it's just evident there's many more political players on the on the scene these days. So uh, obviously the the physical works though, which were, which led uh, Ratana into the political environment, that that still remains. So so I'm I'm pleased uh, to be within the Labour Party uh, with that a strong association to continue on those works. I think uh, it's just important to acknowledge these traditional hui. Um, the whānau that, um, you know, from generation to generation come to this place. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it's a part of who we are. My grandfather was uh, a very uh, first quarter, uh, the first member of parliament for Ratana, uh, the Ratana Independent uh, MPs. And so, yeah, so, but very close, uh, very close right-hand man for, for TW Ratana. Uh, so our whānau from the, the south um, came up here and left a huge impact on our whānau, he, he healed many of our family members of afflictions and such was the drawing of the man that uh, my family moved and lived up here and followed him um, and uh, yeah, gave up everything in the south to uh, follow, follow T.W. Ratner, learn his teachings and uh, work with him and continue that mahi right through right through for the 17 years that my grandfather was with him and then continued that on uh, right to this day. So how much of the celebration, so obviously the celebrations has been a big part of your upbringing. Oh indeed, yes very much <laughs> so. I fond memories about oh, fond memories. I, I, I grew up here from a very young age um, in the reo, in the band, so my late father Terino Tirikatane set up the Ratana band which was based in Wellington. What I was, was your instrument? Yeah, I was the lead cornet player. So I started off uh, probably about eight years old when I was eight years old, and um, actually this year is like the 30th anniversary of our band that that, oh, that was cool. that we started up. Yeah. So later in the year they'll be celebrating that. So so yeah, just growing up. I mean, uh, you don't know it at the time, but you know um, it all seeps into you. And so you know coming back, uh, you know. Uh, as an adult, um, as a member of parliament, uh, I still feel, feel very much connected to the place and to all the, all the Morahu people. For many years, the Ratana celebrations have also been a venue for political parties and dignitaries to present themselves and their policies to Māori. And so, just like at the Oscars, managing the seating plan for both the hokainga and visitors is important. Uh, he mori hu te iwi, a taku mahi hei 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 fakariti nga te te pai pai kairungi tōtata marae o rātana. Me huri tāua ki roto i te reo pākehā, ka pai. Your role is to oversee the, the, the pai yes. pai, the, um, which is the area where the dignitaries komatua sit. Uh, my job on, the, on um, organising the marae and the pai pai and the seating is a very difficult job. It's moving every day, uh, changing of... Um, Kings and arikis and, and and dignitaries with the prime minister yesterday. Uh, yes, very difficult. But um, at the end of the day, we make it through. I'm also working with a team, um, uh, which makes it easy. And it's just it's placing the, the settings and making sure everyone's informed, knowing where to go, and communicating with all other um, ropus that come onto the, the marae and everyone here. How many iwi would you say attend? Uh, Ratana celebrations during the during the week, my from the uh, north to the south. Oh, the the iwi ngai iwi ngahoe far the of the four winds, 
all come here, yes. Celebrating the day of uh, the birthday of uh, Ratana, T.W. Ratana, uh, what he stood for uh, spiritually and physically. Now, during the, the I, I know yesterday um, was when the political parties all attended. Yes. How important was your role? That's probably most, the most important day of, of your role there. Well, I won't say the important role uh, day, but uh, most busy and just keeping an eye on everybody and um, making sure that things are prepared on the marae to make it possible for everyone to deliver what they need to deliver to the people here. Being the first Māori hui of the year, every year. Kia ora, Andre. During the week, many activities keep those gathered occupied, from talent quests, karaoke to discos and kapahaka, which I learned makes it a great place for the young Morehu. Uh, kia ora, my name's Kairi Lewis. Um, I'm actually, I was born and bred here, but uh, my grandmother was from Turangi and my grandfather was from uh, Ngati Kuri up in Te Hapua. Tell us a bit about um, Ratana celebrations from a young from a young person's point of view. You're 22. I'm 22. 22 yep. years old. Um, I've been coming here for 22 years, and it's just a good occasion for everyone to get together, and it's basically for the young ones to just come and explore and uh, get to know a bit more about our hahi and just to have fun, really. So, for people who haven't been to Ratana who think that. Obviously, they may think of the name Ratana and think that it's a religious get-together. What else happens during that week? Well, they just have um, kapahaka, uh, karaoke, quizzes, uh, talent quests, everything you can think of, sports, um, just a whole variety of things, really. Yeah. Choice. Tell us about your upbringing and, and how Ratana, your religion really your whakapono has influenced you? Um, well my whole whānau's in the choir and I've got some that are portoro and all that and I go to church every Sunday and um, just really love it really just the, the whole religious side and the whole fun of it but um, I can't wait till they actually start up a Bible college so the young ones can get to know a bit more about who Tahu Pōtuki Wedemiratana was and more about Ihua and so we can just come together as one, as a youth, and that's what we're hoping to do, is to get everyone involved more and get to know more about Ihua and, yeah. And in this all about um, a Bible college, is it something that the fun or the, the people here are talking about? Yes, it? no, it is. It's something they're talking about, so hopefully they get it up and running soon. Would it be based, or if so, would it be based here at Ratana? Uh, yes, I think it would be based here in Ratana, really, but to get it all around the country would be great too, just so the young ones can learn a bit more. Because I know there's heaps of young ones that are hungry out there. And we're, uh, people my age, we always talk about getting things together and just to know more about it, really. You know, like not just to come out here for a good time, but to know what we're actually here for and for the cause and all that. So, yeah. And so as a 22-year-old, um, is, is Ratana something you always look forward to? Oh, yes, definitely. And you've definitely. mentioned before a little bit off mic that um, some of your friends or some people that you know have, haven't been back here for years. Why do you think yes. that is? Um, I suppose it's because their family have sort of fallen out of it, maybe. I'm not too sure. I didn't really ask them, but she said she's baptised her kids, Morihu, she's my age too, and she said she hasn't been back since she was little, and another friend hasn't been back since she was little, and their grandparents have passed away, so because of that, they haven't really been involved in it that much, so 
that's why that's why I think they don't really come back anymore. But I mean, they said yes, they come. They definitely come back. Mm. Mm. Choice. Okay, Claire. Uh, so we're we're sitting here outside one of the communications booth here at Rathana Pa. Can you just um, just from where we are, just explain um, what this area? We've got two huge marquees in front of us. They're about maybe eight metres or ten metres long. What are, what are these for? Uh, these are for the morehu that travel from around the country that come here to stay and have nowhere to stay, so they just stay in the marquees. And, yeah, that's what it's for. Mattresses inside? Yeah, mattresses inside. They bring their own blankets or, yeah. And so we're in Ratana and it's... How many houses would you say? Well, how many people reside in this area? Uh, I'd say about 700. I'm not 700 too sure people. about that, but about 700. Yeah, so just... When, an influx of like outsiders and visitors and Mori who scattered throughout the country come here. Ratana is able to cope near, you know, in terms of arrangements. Yes, You've definitely. Got a shopping centre over here. Yes, yes. So Ratana is very much a part of your whānau life. Oh, definitely, definitely. And when I go back to Tūrangi, I try and get involved in the churches and whatever's going on there as well. So I still try and keep active. Mm. <laughs> Kia ora, Clary Lewis. Every day a church service or whakamoi mitzi is held at the pa. That was where I met Apotro Rehita or Registered Apostle Ned Ihaka, who had travelled with his family from the far north for the occasion. Justin Murray Radio New Zealand National Tiahika here at Ratana Pa and it is the last day of the week-long celebrations. It's a nice fine sunny day and uh, as you can hear in the background, the church bells are ringing at the church uh, for Karakia at 12. Uh, there's probably around about maybe a thousand plus people who have attended here. And um, as part of Tiahika coverage, I want to go and check out, um, talk to some Rangatahian people um, and to get their take on what the celebrations mean to them. Kia ora. Uh, uh, from Tikal. From the car, way up north. Way up north, yeah. And, yeah. and when did you travel down here today? Uh, yesterday, yesterday. Got here yesterday afternoon, evening, yes. Yeah. And, and Ned, you're dressed in your attire yeah. today. Could you please explain? Um, I'm an apostle of a registered apostle. Um, what that means is that um, I can do um, uh, deaths, marriages, and births. And um, they go to the general, um, to the, um, the certificates come to the par, but the, the other ones, um, like the, the marriages goes to the, um, um, the general. Registry office. Yeah, yep. registry office, yes. And, yeah, that's, that's, that's my role as, a, as an apotoro rehita. Could you explain, um, I was talking to you a bit before about the different, uh, we colours. see colours here, yeah, here at yeah. Atana. And uh, can you explain some of the meanings behind them? Yeah, the first colour, the, the, there's five stars. The one up the top is a matua. Just the blue Yeah, plate. yeah, the father. The, one, the next one, as you go around clockwise, is the sun. The next one after that is the Holy Spirit. The next one after that is the... Is the uh, angels, faithful angels, and the next one after that 
it's the Mangai, um, the Mangai, the divine mouthpiece, which is um, Tauputikiwurumu Ratana. And you're talking about the Ratana the, the star? Rat, yes, yeah, star. And below it, it's got the moon, the half moon, and those are, that represents the, the Morihu, the, 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 the people, the Morihu, who follow, follow this, this uh, Maramatanga. If you were to explain the Ratana Whakapuno to an outsider, how would you explain this Ratana? Well, it's not so much this day we that Tauputiki Wurumu Ratana in the, in the, in the in his writings said don't don't actually follow him on, on his birthday. His big day for the for the um for the Morihu for it's the 8th of November. That's when the Wairua Tapu came down and saw him, actually saw him. Yeah. The so, day that he got received that, the, the yeah, Matakite, the yeah, vision. the vision. Yes, the Wairua Tapu came to, to visit him. was on the 8th of November. That, that's, that's the day he rather, um, the Morihu recognised more than, than his birthday. There might be other Morihu they'll say, no, he's wrong. But, but um, in that, in, uh, in his um, in his writings in uh, old Fitu Marama, that, that's what he says in uh, old um, Akuranga books, which teach teach teaches us this uh, Maramatanga. Yeah, they, he would have rather have us remember the eighth more than his birthday, but keep the birthday part open for sports activity and what what it is today and um, general meeting with everybody. He, yeah, that's. Coming back to the week-long celebrations, uh-huh. uh, Ned, does it reinforce to you that the Ratana faith is very much a strong faith? Oh, definitely. After seeing all the people here, I'm sure this is, and this is only during the week. If if the 25th of of um, January January was on the on the on the weekend, oh, there, there'll be even more more. But the the faith is still here. The, the people still here. They still, they still talk about um, the, the Maramatanga and and and, and their well, aspirations, I suppose, and, and where they want to go in this Maramatanga. Yeah. More who is the term uh, for his follow, uh, for the Ratana followers? Actually, yeah. With the, the the term Mori who in itself is a um, in Maori literally means remnants. So you can go back to uh, Morihu, like us, the, the remnants of, of, of our of our um, of our faith. You can go back to the uh, Morihu or the 28th Battalion, the remnants of those of those those followers that come back from from overseas. Yeah, so uh, yeah, Morihu is, is literally remnants. It's, it's yeah. Um, Followers in Māori is is, is ngā pononga. Well, we're, we're followers, so we we call pononga so or the Morihu faith. Yeah. How long have you been a ngā potoro? Um, rehita. Rehita. Ah, potoro rehita. Uh, five years. And ngā potoro um, about seven, eight years. But Morihu, ah, yeah, yeah. Um, Forty-nine years. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So I was born uh, uh, a Morihu. Oh, let's talk about Tikal. Tikal. Oh yeah. What's the population of Tikal? Um, <laughs> um, and how do you keep the Ratana strong? Strong. 
Well, there's there's two two um sorry, there's three 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 religions in, in Tokar, this um the Anglican, the Ratana and the Seventh day Seventh day Adventist Church as well. Um but most most of them are, are, are Ratana um followers, yeah. But um in the old days they used to have um um, divisions in in the between the Ratana and in the in the the Church of England faith. Um, it 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 came down to in the old days that you wouldn't let marry a, a, a Ratana. You had to marry your own kind of hahi. You had to marry your own your own. Um, Religion, so but uh, at the moment it's just mixed religions, at the and we always have um, mixed services when we have um, in terms of mixed religion. Yeah, 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 mixed mixed religion when we have our um, our funerals. So that's it's come a long way since 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 the the the, the old days. Um, most of our um, like our grandparents were were uh, Church of England, and they. Um, Readily changed from Church of England over to um, to the Latin faith, which was, and and they were staunch Anglicans, so um, they saw the um, the the fruit in our in this church in this uh, Maramatanga. They they jumped at the chance. They weren't young kids, so um yeah, so they followed. They left uh, the uh, Anglican faith and followed the um, Latin faith. Kia ora, Ned Ihaka, a potro rehita of Ratana. So that's the local scene, but how do you nurture your Ratana faith away from the pa and outside Aotearoa? Tēnā koe, my name's Dave Eden. Um, ko tūhirangi te maunga, ko tūtaikuri te awa, ko ngāte hene pare, uh, ngāte tū, ngāte ruruku, ngāte mahu, o ngā hapu. Ko Rangamari, ko Timikara, ko Farerangi, Onga Marae. My name's David, and I currently reside in Sydney on a temporary basis. My heart wants to come home. Um, uh, as uh, was introduced, we're standing in at um, Ratana Park, and I have never been back here for 45 years. But I've come back here because I feel that resurgence within me to um, participate in helping other rangatahi uh, not walk away from the church as I did, because, or not, not walk away from the morihu as I did. But now I feel in my heart that this is the place to be. Kill. Kill, David. We're just going to move away a little bit from the uh, Kapahaka Church. Can you hear the background? For Mōre who lives overseas, who hasn't got the luxury to come back here every year, how do you keep your faith strong? Um, well, there is a little church in that in uh, mascot school, a little hahi, um, that, uh, that... Church? Ratana, yes, and uh, it's it's awesome. They, they've got their own little band, cool. you know, and uh, they've, they've got about a half dozen band members, and I, I urge everybody that if they go and, uh, over to Sydney any time, third weekend of every month, 
We have a church service at the mascot um, uh, public school. That's over by the airport in Sydney. And you are part of that? I'm not part of it, uh, but I always go there oh, to, okay. to so, help fundraise. And, yep. You know, um, with the organising of it, it, that's up to somebody else. So in terms of being in Sydney, there's definitely a hub Yes, there's a hub. Um, th- this is uh, Marshall Asher. Marshall used to be the Apotoro, and um, they've got a, a beautiful little um, group now. Hey, uh, yeah. Pariha. Mascot School. Yeah, Mascot School. Yeah. Uh, Mascot School, uh, Sydney, New South Wales. Yeah. And, and how did how did this how did it begin? This just what how did the, the school begin to to have Ratana Church service there? There's um, a strong community of Māori living. We were fortunate that. Um, uh, Pai uh, Rogers, she's from up north. Uh, Pai she Rogers? Was, yeah, yeah, she was uh, deputy um, head principal, so um, we were fortunate to get in there and be uh, blessed with getting the school uh, hall for Whakamoimati, yeah, on Sunday church you know, services. So it just blossomed from there. We've got a small um, uh, rill started and now. Um, Probably we've got from uh, around 12 young children, maybe a bit more now. Uh, I'm not sure. I haven't been back there for uh, not quite two years. I've been over here. Oh, so you've been back here back in the old here? Oh, yeah. Uh, my mum got crooked, and um, yep. so I had to come back in. Uh, and so mother. did you leave? So mascot school? Were you part? Were you the uh, portal there? I and we got a, uh, another uh, portal. We've got another portal that's. Uh, Young Apotoro from um, um, Rotorua. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he, he was a uh, Akunga and now he's an Apotoro and uh, he's taken over. He, he's very, very good. Kia ora koutou katoa. It was lovely to meet just a few of the many special people who attended Ratana during the week long celebration. Now, there are some useful links posted up on our webpage. We can also see photos of this week's guests. Head to radionz.co.nz forward slash now, as we heard at the start of the show, it's a bit different this week for our first show. Instead of hearing the explanation of the whakatauki, uh, we began with a whakamoimati. To explain it, here is Ned Ihaka. It's just the beginning of, of, of all our all our press. Whaikoro, yeki, iho, ngā mano. Te mate tama wairua tapu me ngā āna hera pono. Te maanga i tautoko mai, ai ni ake ni ai. Blessings to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, faithful angels and the divine mouthpiece. Amen. That wraps up this edition of Te Ahika. Don't forget, we're on Facebook whānau ma, so let us know what you're up to this year or flick us an email at tiahika at radionz.co.nz. He mihi tēnei ki ngā kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, atu i tērā ki ngā kai rā wiki wiki mihini. Nā mihi, hoki mai hei tērā wiki, mai te whānau a Te Ahika. Kia tātou katoa, mauri ora. It's a happy birthday song called the Tōhu Tēngi. The blue, the white, the red, the purple and gold Fun time It's real time And be a time Yeah, yeah, yeah Fun time I'm not going to get a clip out there, don't we? Real time